Welcome to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, your host, Dawn Owen. I'm a wife, a mom, and an entrepreneur, a speaker, a zero BS coach, and a lover of the high vibe life. I help business leaders like you create huge breakthroughs in their life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and impact you want and deserve. In this podcast, you will hear me talk all about mindset, money, and magic. The power trio that I know will get you where you want to go fast. This is the High Vibe Tribe podcast. Hey there, High Vibe Tribe. Today, I want to talk to you about networking because I think sometimes it can get a bad press due to the people that we meet when we're there, probably, and the way that some people do networking. And I do agree with all of that, because look, we've all been at the networking event where the spammy arse pins you in the corner and vomits their stuff all over you. And yet, I know that networking is a vital business activity when it's done properly, is my caveat. So I use networking to grow my very first business to over six figures in nine months and to win franchise of the year in that business, even though we'd only been open for nine months. I'm highly competitive like that. In fact, I love networking so much that I actually sold that business and started a new business, coaching and training other business owners on how to grow their businesses using networking. But somewhere along the way, I did lose my love of networking. Certainly, I think during COVID, when everything went online, I couldn't see myself ever going networking again in person. Why should I? It was less time consuming to be online. It was more convenient. And bonus, I didn't have to brush the back of my hair. I even started an online networking business six months into COVID, which I've since moved on from. I think ultimately it was online networking that made me lose my love for networking in general. For me, it just didn't give me the same connection with people. And also, I'm just going to say this, sometimes I just got bored. I found sitting online for an hour or an hour and a half a chore and I'd come off feeling drained by the experience instead of fired up. And I'll just point out here, that was mostly down to me and how I felt Not necessarily the way that the meeting was run, but sometimes it was. Anyway, once I realized this, I started to disengage from online networking and I wasn't doing any networking at all, really. And then just over a year ago, I was at my visibility mastermind and we were challenged to come up with a visibility strategy. And it really made me question how visible I really was and how I could get more visibility. And networking just came back into my mind. Side note, that's also the day that the podcast idea was born. And look where we are now. So, yeah, I committed to jumping back in with networking. And wow, it is really paying off for me. The last 12 months have been the most successful in my business. And a good portion of that is down to networking. So what I thought today was I'd share my three top tips with you. Now, these aren't really tips of what to actually do around networking, although that's just given me an idea for another episode. 
these are more like my top three networking principles, philosophies, if you like. But first, let me start by telling you a story. When I was a little girl, my mum used to walk me to and from school every day. We would set off hand in hand for the 20 minute walk, come rain or shine, snow or wind. My mum couldn't drive in those days. And even if she could, I doubt we would have been able to afford to buy a car. The walk was just never a chore for me. As a child, I had a nickname. It was Waggy, which was short for Wagalot, which was given to me my, by my granddad because, as he said, my tongue was always wagging, meaning I was always talking. Who knew? So during that 20-minute walk, I'd keep my mum entertained with stories of what I planned to get up to that day with my imaginary friend called Stephen. Hey, look, don't judge. It's very common amongst only children. Anyway, I'd tell her what me and Stephen were going to get up to. And sometimes I'd tell her of my dreams of becoming a famous ballerina and of dancing on a big stage someday. Every day on the way home from school, about halfway back, we would pass the sweet shop and most of the children would go in and have a five or 10p mix up. So you would basically pick 10 sweets for 5p, the most popular sweets for fruit salad and blackjacks. And hopefully some of you are as old as me and do remember those. So each one of those sweets costs just half a pence, half a pence. That's not even a legal tender anymore, is it? Half a pence. But we couldn't afford that. We couldn't afford for me to go in the shop with all the other kids and choose 10 of those sweets that cost just half a pence each. So I didn't go in the shop with all the other kids, except on very special occasions like my birthday. I wasn't allowed because we couldn't afford it. And every day I had to watch all the other children going in the shop, getting their sweets, while we just walked on by. And at the time, because I was a child and children are naturally very resilient, I used to feel sad for a few seconds and then just carry on talking to my mum. Hence, tongue always wagging. What I didn't realise at the time was that we were not only poor financially, we were poor in all ways, particularly in terms of support and connections around us. We had no people to help us. We had no one to support us or to point us in the right direction. And consequently, I grew up thinking that other than my parents, I had to do everything by myself. I was an only child with no brothers or sisters and very little extended family. As far as I was concerned, the way to do things was on your own. And so imagine how that played out when I went into business for myself with the belief that I had to do everything by myself. I had left a business where I'd worked for 25 years for someone else, where clients had come to us very easily. I had no idea how to get clients and no connections to help me because I had been busy doing everything on my own up to that point. And that's when I discovered networking. And oh man, I loved it. Standing around drinking coffee with a bunch of people and talking to them absolutely my idea of fun and I went networking everywhere mostly because I was so scared I was going to miss out on my ideal client if I didn't actually go to an event which was doubly funny because I didn't have a clue about target market in those days either this was my first taste of connections and how they could work for your business 
Fortunately for me, I was introduced to a coaching program that taught me how to use networking to really grow my business. And I started networking in the true sense of the word. And as I mentioned earlier, this helped me to grow my startup insurance business to a six figure turnover in under nine months and win franchise of the year. Soon after that, I sold out my half of that startup business to my then business partner and started training and coaching other people in how to leverage the power of networks and referrals by strategic planning rather than by accident, which is why I have so much info about the subject of networking that I could share with you. So, as I said, I'm going to cover three things that you can start implementing straight away, because as you know, I'm all about the action and it's all focused around this start using networking, not just going networking. I'm going to repeat that because it's really important. Start using networking, not just going networking. And I would just invite you to ask yourself that question right now. Are you currently going networking or are you really using it to grow your business? So here's the three things that you can work on straight away to start using networking and not just going networking. Hey, just a quick word to let you know that today's podcast is proudly sponsored by Mulberry Design. Meet Sarah Sarkis. She's the driving force behind Mulberry Design, boasting over 25 years of web design expertise. She's not just a pro, she's your go-to guru for all things web. Sarah is a passionate advocate for female business owners, specializing in crafting contemporary WordPress websites that will turbocharge your online presence and boost your revenue like never before. Why do clients adore Sarah? It's not just her design finesse, it's her collaborative spirit. She's the perfect partner in success, blending technical ability with a warm, friendly approach that makes your website dreams a reality. At Mulberry Design, it's not just about creating you a website. It's about tapping into your inspiration, understanding your business needs and ensuring your web presence syncs harmoniously with your vision. Go check out mulberrydesign.co.uk where Sarah's mission is to make your business shine or connect with her online at LinkedIn to start the conversation at linkedin.com forward slash Sarah Sarkis. That's Sarah Sarkis from Mulberry Design with over 25 years of web design excellence. So number one is market yourself, not your stuff. What do I mean by that? Market yourself and your why, not your product or service. You may have heard of Simon Sinek. He's the author of Start With Why. And he also did a TED talk on the subject about 11 million years ago, which now has almost 63 million views. If you haven't seen it or you have, and maybe you'd like to reconnect with it, then the link is going to be in the show notes for you. So Simon talks about the golden circles, what, how, and why. Everyone knows what they do. Some know how they do it. So that's your USP or your differentiator. But not many know their why. What's your purpose? Why do you get out of bed in the morning? And why should anyone care? Why do you do 
what you do. For me, that's the starting point for any business or marketing plan. It helps you to create a compelling message. It helps with target market, which I'm going to talk about a bit later. And it helps clients know why they should work with you and why they shouldn't. It's what sets you apart from your competitors, because let's face it, we are all in competitive industries or sectors where there are many other people who do what we do, but no one does it quite like us. It's why out of 11,000 coaches, someone would choose to work with me. Your why helps prospects identify themselves more easily, which means ultimately that you can create extra time to do the things that are important to you by eliminating wasted time that you're now spending with the wrong prospects. We've all gone through those meetings with prospects who we know just don't get us or we don't get them. And aren't they the ones that are always harder to work with going forward? If we connect with people around our why, then this just doesn't happen. We can connect with people at a much deeper level, speaking to their hearts rather than trying to connect with them over service, price or or any other features that are easily competed with. So what's your true speciality or area of expertise? What segment of your business gives you the most pleasure and the most profit? What clients take the work out of your work? Because you're doing more than just making money. It's never about the money. It's always about what the money can do for us, what we want to do with that money. You see, when things aren't going to plan, when we're having a bad day, when the shit hits the fan, then we need something to put us back on track. And that is our why. Okay, so that's the first tip. Market yourself, not your stuff. The second thing that you need to build a strong referral network for your business is market your network, not your work. So connect the people that you meet to the people that you know. It's how the whole of my business works now. Every client, every speaking engagement, every opportunity can be linked back to someone in my network. How many of you go networking to sell your product or service? Now, how many of you go networking to buy a product or service? Yeah, no one goes networking in the frame of mind to buy something. I doubt someone gets out of bed in the morning and thinks, I do hope I bump into a zero BS high vibe as fuck coach this morning when I'm at my networking breakfast. What we should be looking for is to start a relationship with someone not just dive in with our business card and try to sell our product or service. When we go networking, we should be looking for people to fill the gaps in our current network or for people that we can introduce to the people that we already know. And that's where some of the strategy and planning around having a referral marketing plan for your business comes in. So the simple objective when you go to any networking event is to find someone that you want to have a cup of coffee with. Other beverages are available. It's that simple, people. Someone who you meet that you think you could help and they may be able to help you and that you would like to find out more about and have a coffee with them outside of the event. Then you can start to build a relationship and see how you may be able to help each other going forwards. Simple, right? And by the way, there are many different kinds of networks that you can belong to or participate in. So don't get caught up thinking that networking is just about breakfast meetings or things that are actually labelled networking events. There are many opportunities to network. We just have to find the right ones for us. 
let me ask you a question. How many of you belong to a gym, a church, a professional group, or even regularly meet people at the school gates? These are all networks that you have and you can start using to grow your business by referral. Because this is how we can work smarter, not harder. Yep, those three little words. It's a buzz phrase, isn't it? You've got to work smarter, not harder. But no one ever tells us how. Networking can be the answer to that question. Develop a team of people around you that become your strategic partners. If you're using networking to find prospects, that's a lot of breakfast and time. Remember when I said no one goes networking to buy? Here's another question for you. How many of us want to earn more money this year? And how many of us are already working more hours than we want to? How are we going to hit our revenue goals if we're already working too many hours and yet we need more clients to hit our revenue goals? As far as I know, at the time of recording, there are no boxes of time for sale in Waitrose on the three for two offer. So we have to find another way. Stats show that it takes an average of eight hours to secure a new client. Here's another question for you. I'm full of the questions today, aren't I? What if you spent eight hours training someone about your business? Wow. I mean, even if you spent a quarter, that's two hours, if you're not great at maths. If you spent two hours with someone that you have in your network right now, educating them on what you were looking for this month, I bet they could bring you more referrals. But for you to know what to tell them, you need to know yourself. You need to help them to help you. And that's going to take more than a anyone who needs my service. You're going to have to define a target market if you really want to ramp up your networking and referral success. So my third tip is to have that clearly defined target market. Have I just spoken words that strike icy fear into your little business heart? There's such fear around having a target market, fear that by asking for one particular niche, you're not going to get any other business. Well, how is the target market of anyone and everyone currently working for you? A well-defined target market is fundamental for me to a successful business and particularly your referral and networking success. The principal concept in target market is that those who are targeted show a strong affinity or loyalty to that company because they share similar values or connect with you at the level of your why. Target marketing is sharing your beliefs in a way that makes prospects identify themselves. As Simon Sinek says, we are not looking to do business with everyone who needs our product or service. We are looking for people who believe what we believe. Part of being referred effectively and on a consistent basis is to make it easy for people to do it. And by clearly identifying who you are trying to have as a customer, it makes it easier and more likely that you will not only get referrals, but referrals to the clients that you really want. The group of people that when they hear our why from us or someone else, they will be attracted to what we do. I know the idea of target market makes people nervous. 
you're probably thinking, but Dawn, if I limit myself to one market, why not believing everyone else out that I could do business with? No. Let me assure you right now, that is not the case. In fact, the opposite is true. But let's just say that you did get all the business that you want from one particular target market. Is that a problem? I don't think so. If I want £200,000 of new business this year, and it all comes from service-based female business owners aged 40 plus who are fed up with working so hard in their business that they have no time to do the things they love, who want to create more freedom and impact in their life and business, and are positive, fun, driven and coachable, is that a problem for me? Of course it's not. But am I going to get clients who are under 40? Yes. Am I going to get clients who are men? Yes. Am I going to get clients who are not fed up, but they just want to grow their business? It's another yes, people. You see, by having that clearly defined target market, we help others to be able to see the actual client. And as they go through that description, they'll begin to see that client in their mind. And when you say something that maybe just doesn't fit the client that they've pictured, they'll still offer the client to you anyway. You know, having a clearly defined target market really does mean that you're ready to take advantage of every opportunity that presents itself. So if we don't know ourselves who we're trying to get in touch with, how the heck do we expect other people to be able to help us? So please give some thought to your own target market. Think about how you would describe them. Where do they hang out? Where do they shop? What do they read? Obviously, what are their problems or issues? And crucially, make sure that they match your values, vision and mission for your company. See at the end of mine where I said about positive, fun, driven and coachable. I don't want to work with people who are not fun because I'm a very fun person, don't you know? And I like to have some fun whilst I'm working. I don't want to work with people who are not driven to achieve success in their life. The ones who are negative and they always find excuses for why they haven't done the work. And I certainly don't want to work with people who are not coachable, as that is basically a fundamental part of the work that I'm doing with my clients. Having a clearly defined target market just makes it so much easier to find clients. And isn't that what we all want? An easier way to find clients and grow our business. I'm telling you, networking can be one of your most profitable forms of sales if you start using it not just doing it. So let's summarize the three key points again. Number one, market yourself, not your stuff. Know and share your why. Number two, market your network, not your work. Connect the people that you meet to the people that you know. And number three, have a clearly defined target market. Know who it is that you want to meet or work with. So there's my top three philosophies for networking and getting referrals for your business. As I mentioned earlier, I will do another episode where I talk about my top tips for actual networking and how to get the best out of it. So get working on the stuff that I've shared with you today and let me know your thoughts and takeaways. That's it for now. I'm going to be back next week with another episode. And in the meantime, you know what to do. Keep those vibes high. Thank you for listening to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, Dawn Owen. I'd love to know what your number one takeaway was from this episode. Feel free to screenshot the episode and tag me in on social media. And if you know someone who would enjoy it too, then don't keep it to yourself. Share the vibes. 
Don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified as soon as the next episode drops. If you're not already a part of the High Vibe Tribe community over on Facebook, then come and join us there. The link is in the show notes. And I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep those vibes high. Thank you.